What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it's our Week 7 winners and losers of the weekend. Some very low-scoring wins for Alabama and Tennessee, while LSU, Mizzou, Georgia, and Florida's offenses all fly high. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code Locked On College to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, we got plenty to jump into. Let's do it. Let's get to our winners of the weekend, and we had some good ones. Let's start over in Knoxville. As the Tennessee defense, on a day where the passing attack was limited, Joe Milton was just 11 for 22 for only 100 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The run game did produce 230 yards of uh, rushing yards, led by Jalen Wright. He had 136 on the ground. But it was Tennessee's defense that led the day, holding Texas A&M without a passing touchdown and picking off Max Johnson twice. Gabe, uh, Gabe Judy Lawley and Kamal Haddon each had interceptions. James Pierce and Tyler Barron each had a sack. And D-Lyman James Pierce, by the way, having a really nice year for the Vols. He's recorded 13 tackles and six sacks. Nine tackles for a loss so far on Saturday. He had a sack and two tackles for a loss. His six sacks on the season are second in the SEC. His nine tackles for a loss are third this season. And the Vol defense held the Aggies to just 54 rushing yards on the day. A really incredible performance. And a hat tip goes to special teams. D. Williams just continues to be so special in that Vol return game. Had a 19-yard kickoff return, but more importantly, had a 39-yard punt return for a touchdown, which was huge in the 20-13 win over the Aggies. Vol punter Jackson Ross also uh, backed the Aggies up to the one-yard line at one point. And Josh Heupel, how about this, was originally 0-6 when scoring less than 30 points in his tenure in Knoxville. He is now 1-6 when scoring less than 30. So, all defense doing their thing. And this might be a a Tennessee team that gets it done with the defense, not so much the dominant passing game. Now, Josh Heupel said after the game, it was fitting on a day where they honored Eric Berry going into the Hall of Fame that they had the type of defensive performance that they did. And you look at Tennessee's defense in SEC games since the loss at Florida. They held South Carolina to 20 points. They held A&M to just 13, and now they get to go up against Alabama this weekend. Alabama's offense, it's okay. It's good. It's not great. So, um, But you can say the same thing about Tennessee's offense. So this is going to be a fascinating one. We'll break it down as we get on throughout the week. But kudos to the Vols. Big home win, and uh, kudos to the Vault defense. Much, much improved this season. Another winner of the weekend, I've got Graham Mertz. Florida beat South Carolina 41-39 in what was definitely one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, but I'm still trying to figure out how in the world the Gamecocks lost this one. Shane Beamer's crew led by 10 with nine minutes to play up 37-27. to 
But Graham Mertz, one of his best games of his career, throwing for a career high, 423 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And one of those touchdown passes to Ricky Parasol with just 47 seconds left to beat the Gamecocks. Parasol, nine or 10 catches, 166 yards, including that game winner. And Graham Mertz, he came into this weekend ranked second nationally in completion percentage at 80%. He threw three incomplete passes, faced a fourth and 10, and that's when he connected with Parasol. Graham Mertz has played a lot of football. He's in his fifth season playing quarterback. Of course, was at Wisconsin prior to coming to Gainesville. And he was criticized by a lot of folks around the country. I mean, I think we even talked about it over the summer. He was just limited, but he has really, really played well. He's got just under 1,900 passing yards, 12 touchdowns to just two interceptions, also has two rushing touchdowns on the season. He is a big reason why the Gators sit at 5-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in the SEC. Mertz is now fourth in the conference in total passing yards. Ricky Parasol fourth in the conference in receiving yards. And Billy Napier's crew finally got a road victory this season. It was much needed. And now the Gators get their bye week before their annual rivalry game against Georgia down in Jacksonville. And after that, they still got road trips to LSU, to Missouri, and a home game against Florida State. So they're in a good spot. They just need one more win for bowl eligibility, but... Uh, if you ask a Gator fan this week, I'm sure they have higher expectations now. Billy Napier doing a nice job. So big, big win there for Billy Napier's crew. Another winner of the weekend down in Baton Rouge. It was Jaden Daniels continuing to play like one of the best quarterbacks in the country this week in LSU's 48-18 drubbing of Auburn. Jaden Daniels 20 for 27, 325 yards, three passing touchdowns, did have a ball that was tipped into the air for an interception, but also had 11 carries for 93 yards. Jaden Daniels becomes the first player in program history with 5,000 career passing yards and 1,000 career rushing yards. He's also the first SEC player to have three passing touchdowns and 50 rushing yards in three straight games since 2012. Uh, LSU had 563 total yards of offense. By doing that, this is the sixth straight game that LSU has had at least 500 yards of offense before Saturday night. They had never done that in school history, not even in the 2019 Joe Burrow year. Uh, LSU did run the ball well, too. They had 238 on the ground. And the LSU defense slowly starting to catch up, playing a little bit better football. The Tigers, they want to get back to the SEC title game. The offense has to keep putting up these record-breaking numbers, but LSU going to look at a seventh consecutive game of 500 or more rushing yards. Or, I'm sorry, 500 or more total yards of offense as they host Army this weekend. A tip of the cap to the LSU defense, though. Granted, Auburn's offense has not been very good, but neither has the LSU defense. They held Auburn to 293, uh, 293 yards of offense, 3 for 12 on third down. So maybe some signs of life there for the LSU defense. And LSU, they are 5-2, and 4-1 and one in the conference. If Jaden Daniels keeps playing like this every week, I think he deserves to be in the Heisman discussion. Some stats on LSU after seven weeks. Jaden Daniels, number one in the SEC in passing yards. LSU has two fop, top five rushers in the SEC. Logan Diggs is third. Jaden Daniels is fifth. And they have two top five receivers in the SEC. Malik Neighbors is first. Brian Thomas Jr. is fifth. LSU still number one in the SEC in total offense crazy the, the year that Jaden Daniels has and crazy LSU has two losses with the type of offense they're putting out there this year. 
Another winner of the weekend. I've got Mizzou's defense after Kentucky grabbed a 14-point lead in the first quarter. Mizzou scored 20 unanswered points, tacked on an 18-point fourth quarter to get the 38-21 win. A fake punt sparked Mizzou right back into this one, thanks to Luke Bauer. Uh, Brady Cook threw for 167 and a score. Cody Schrader and Cook both had uh, rushing touchdowns. While the Mizzou offense only had 324 total yards on the day, it was the Mizzou defense holding Kentucky under 300 yards of total offense. It was rainy. It was cold. Devin Leary had probably his worst game so far in a Kentucky uniform, going 14 for 27, just 120 passing yards, two touchdowns, but two killer interceptions. He also fumbled a couple times. Barry and Brown lost a big fumble right before the half that led to a field goal for Mizzou. And it just looked like a Kentucky team that jumped up 14-0, maybe thought, ah, we can put this thing on cruise control. And just didn't look as focused. Mizzou looked like the hungrier team as the game went along. Do need to give some love to Ray Davis. He did have 20 carries for 128 yards, averaged over six yards a carry. But the run game was really the only thing that worked for Kentucky. And now the Mizzou defense. Man, what a, what a story it was. Turned the table with the two picks, three takeaways, six tackles for a loss, and four sacks. And they outgained Kentucky 324 or rather, it was 308 to 136 after the first quarter. Just completely stepped up. Next for Mizzou, it is a home game against South Carolina. Our next impressed of the weekend, or winner of the weekend, it was Dejon Edwards at Georgia. 20 carries, 146 rushing yards, a touchdown. Also had a seven-yard catch as well. Georgia beat Vandy 37 to 20. Vandy did lead early 7 to nothing. With six minutes to go, Georgia was only up 30 to 20. But they added an extra touchdown for the 17-point win. They were 32-point favorites. But Dejon Edwards, highest rush total in a game this year for a Georgia Bulldog. And ever since he got healthy, he's been the leading rusher for Georgia in every game since week three, uh, five straight weeks. He became the first Georgia running back to rush for over 145 yards in a game since DeAndre Swift did it in 2019 against Kentucky. Georgia finished with 291 team rushing yards. Three different players had over 50 yards on the on the ground. And Georgia Georgia's running back room. They were they started the season banged up. Edwards and Milton both had injuries. Branson Robinson had the season-ending injury before the season even got started. But seven weeks into the year, Georgia's found some answers in their run game with Edwards leading the way. And uh, man, gotta give some props to Dejon Edwards. He has uh, become the bell cow of the Georgia offense. And one more winner of the week we're going to throw in here. How about Alabama kicker Will Reichert? He became the SEC's all-time leading scorer with his extra point in the first quarter. Moved ahead of the uh, record held by former Auburn kicker Daniel Carlson, who had 480 total points in his career. So Will Reichert's field goal, much needed. It was the difference maker in Alabama beating Arkansas 24-21. But Reichert perfect on the year, 13 for 13 on field goals, 21 for 21 on PATs. Been a big part of Alabama's team and keeps coming up big. We'll see how much they need them in these next uh, couple games against Tennessee and LSU. All right. Uh, thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to who depressed us in SEC Week 7. First, I want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at the Game Time app. Look, you should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next sporting event. Game Time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets on all your favorite sporting events with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, 
and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see your uh, view from your seat before you buy. That's my favorite part. You, you know exactly what your view is going to look like before you even get to the game. Uh, All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without any of those hidden fees. And you buy tickets in two seconds. Just two taps on your phone, and you are in. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use our promo code locked on college that will get you $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem our code locked on college get $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this episode also presented to you by friends over at prize picks prize picks the most fun you will have up to uh, 25 times your money this football season you just select two or more players you pick more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. Go test your skills with prize picks throughout this football season. It's the most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, look, you can easily turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks, really simple to play. You make your picks. You submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It is so quick. And speaking of quick, they've got quick withdrawals. Easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types. Uh, that is what price, what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Again, they got NFL, they got college, they got all of it up there for you. And Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to twenty five percent to provide even more value to you. Price Picks also offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account throughout this football season. Go to PricePicks.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, it is prizepicks.com slash Locked On College. Download the app. Super easy to do. I do it every Saturday uh, before watching all of college football. You can do it too. Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Reminder, uh, every Friday you can check out our uh, Locked On College Football preview across all of our Locked On YouTube channels. They will get you set for the weekend it is to come across the landscape of college football. Of course, here we're talking all things SEC, but they hit on the entire world of college football. All right, we got plenty more to discuss. We did our winners of the weekend. Now let's get into our, we call them losers of the weekend. It's more who depressed us, who disappointed, if you really want to be nice about it. And the first one up, this one isn't necessary. He's not really a loser of the weekend, but kind of a what happened. Brock Bowers, he had four catches for 22 yards, two carries for 21 yards in their uh, win over Vandy this week. But a big concern for Georgia as the preseason All-American tight end left the game, hurt his foot at the end of a 14-yard carry midway through the second quarter when he got tackled right on the sideline. He got up, was limping around before he got down to both knees and started punching the turf. He was able to walk to the sideline with the trainers and straight into the sideline medical tent, and then he walked with help and a limp uh, towards the Georgia locker room. After the game, Kirby Smart said it is an ankle sprain. Don't know how severe. X-rays were negative. He said, until we get an MRI, we won't know anything more. It's a huge blow for one of the best offensive weapons in the country. Uh, best offensive weapon for the Georgia Bulldogs. Coming into Saturday's game, Bowers led the Bulldogs with 37 catches 
545 yards and four touchdowns. He had more than 100 yards receiving in three straight games before this injury. He still ranks seventh in the SEC in total receiving yards. And next up for Georgia, they get their bye week this week before they play Florida down in Jacksonville. So, obviously, good timing on the bye week. You get to kind of rest it and see what's going on there. But, again, uh, Kirby Smart saying won't know anything until they get those MRI results. You may They may already have it out by the time you guys are watching or listening to this podcast. But, uh, you know, likelihood of us seeing Brock Bowers back in two weeks. Right now, I'd put it at probably doubtful. But we'll see. The full week to rest up, who knows. But did not look good. At least, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like anything season-ending or anything like that. But we will uh, see as we, uh, as we get along here. But, um, yeah, there you have it. All right, other... Depressed of the week. How about Auburn's offense? Look, it's no secret. LSU's defense is not very good this season. But this was a game where I thought a struggling Auburn offense versus a struggling LSU defense. I thought Auburn could maybe get something going this week. But it was LSU's defense coming out the winner. Hugh Freeze's offense putting up just 293 yards of offense on LSU. Peyton Thorne was just 12 of 23 for 102 yards. Robbie Ashford, he threw a couple of passes for 52 yards. And Auburn rushed the ball 34 times for 139 yards. Jarquez Hunter, seven carries for just 16 yards. Did find the end zone. But Auburn's got a quarterback problem, man, and it is not getting any better. Five of Auburn's six games this year, Peyton Thorne is thrown for 141 or less. His only good passing game of the year came against Samford. Auburn is dead last in the SEC in total offense, dead last in the SEC in passing yards, and dead last in total points scored. Never thought we'd see that out of, out of a Hugh Freeze offense. Again, it's his first year, right? Adjusting new scheme, new players, like transfer portal guys, recruiting well, the future looks bright. But just did not think Hugh Freeze would, uh, his team would look this bad offensively in his first season at Auburn. Auburn's offense produces... Less yards per game currently than the likes of Virginia, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Northern Illinois, and UMass. And now they host Ole Miss this weekend, who averages almost 500 yards of offense per game. Uh, good luck with that one. So, it, like we said, it, Hugh Freeze warned us a few weeks ago, say, hey guys, we get an SEC play here. It's going to get a lot tougher. It has. But the quarterback play, Peyton Thorne looking like a total dud transferring in from Michigan State. And it's no disrespect to the kids, just it's not working. I thought maybe they could have put in uh, Robbie Ashford, you know, just let Ashford play the whole game. Uh, At least he gives you the running ability. But it's not looking good there for for Auburn's offense. Our other uh, disappointed or depressed of the weekend. I'm putting the Alabama offense in here. Look, Alabama came out of the gate swinging against Arkansas on Saturday. Jumped out to a 21-6 halftime lead. But in the second half, Alabama's offense really bogged down. And that opened the door for a bit of some tense moments late in this one. Alabama scored just three points in the third quarter. Zero points in the fourth quarter. And the Tide had to hold on for dear life for a 24-21 win over Arkansas. Bama did put up 415 yards of total offense. They were 6-14 for on third down. But like we said, just really slowed down there in the second half. Kobe Prentice, he led the way with 93 yards receiving. Jace McClellan had 83 yards rushing. And Jalen Milrow, just 10-21 for passing 
for 238 and two scores. Bama's offense, it just continues to be a work in progress. And now they face their toughest test in their next two games. Home games against Tennessee this Saturday, and then home against LSU after the bye week. Alabama has scored 26 points or less in four of their last five games. Their defense is really helping to carry them, but they are going to need the offense to play much better against Tennessee and LSU these next couple weeks. Bama ranks ninth in the SEC in total offensive yards, 10th in yards per game. The only thing I will give them is when they need need a big play, they're making it. Late in this one where Arkansas was trying to get a stop and try to get the ball back to try to put the hands the ball back in the hands of KJ Jefferson, Alabama's offense kept converting first uh, third downs into first downs. And Jalen Milrow took a big shot and delivered a strike for a first down play. Uh, we saw him do it against Ole Miss. We saw him do it against A&M. When they need a big play, they can they make it happen. So they're just playing much closer games than I think we're used to at Alabama. Still a good team. Still everything to play for ahead of them. But um, they just got to hope that they keep getting those, I don't want to call them lucky, but the big clutch plays in the clutch moments. They've been able to make those in recent weeks. So let's see if they can keep doing so. All right, another disappointed of the weekend. I got my guy Sam Pittman in here. Look, kudos to Arkansas continuing to fight. They gave Alabama everything they could handle this week. Another, Yet another close loss as they fell in Tuscaloosa 24-21. Wasn't a big fan of some of the play calls on Arkansas's last offensive drive there in the fourth quarter before they punted the ball to Bama with 5-19 left in the game. And they never got the ball back. Defense couldn't get a stop. But after a 2-0 start to the season, Arkansas has now lost five games in a row. Close losses to BYU, LSU, Ole Miss, and Bama. And now they have a home game against Mississippi State, which is winnable. At Florida, that's going to be tough. Home against Auburn, winnable. Home versus FIU, they'll win that one. And then home against Mizzou, tough but winnable. So they have to lo- They have to win four of their last five just to get to a bowl game. And if Sam Pittman goes five and seven or worse this year, I hate to say it, but... Arkansas might just have to part ways with them. I know they gave them a little bit of an extension not too long ago, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's on the up and up. And by the way, you're going to lose KJ Jefferson and probably Rocket Sanders after this year and have to have all new pieces in there on offense. What's that going to look like? going to be tough. All right, our next uh, depressed of the weekend. I got AM's offense in here. We gave Max Johnson credit for stepping in for the injured Connor Wegman a few weeks ago, but Johnson has really come back down to earth the last few weeks. Uh, this week, Tennessee held him to just 16 of 34 passing for 233 yards, no passing touchdowns, two picks. And the Aggie run game, it's been very good for much of this season. They were held to just 28 rush attempts for only 54 total yards. Aggies with just 277 total yards of offense on the day, 11 penalties for 90 yards, two picks, only 13 points scored, and the Aggies have now dropped two in a row. They're 4-3 and three on the year, 2-2 two and two in SEC play, and they still have games at Ole Miss and at LSU. If Jimbo finishes this year at 7-5, and five, is that good enough for Aggie fans to say, okay, let's keep him as head coach? We like where this thing is headed. Or will they say, let's get the money together, let's get the buyout? We don't like what Jimbo's doing here. Going to be tough. All right, another uh, deep press of the weekend. I got the Kentucky offense. We talked about it earlier, but after the 14 points early, Kentucky was held to just seven points over the last three quarters in their home loss to Mizzou. And after starting the year 5-0, and the Wildcats now find themselves on a two-game losing streak. 
Devin Leary was awful, throwing for just 128 with two picks. And now the Cats get a bye week before, before they have to host top 20 ranked Tennessee. They also still have to play Alabama and Lexington. And they have road games at Mississippi State, at South Carolina, and at Louisville. There's a chance, Wildcat fans, y'all could stumble to 6-6 six and six and just get bowl eligible. But if they can regroup, fix the offensive woes, maybe they could get, um, you know, maybe they could beat Mississippi State, the Gamecocks, and the Cardinals and finish 8-4. and four. So how will Kentucky respond these coming weeks? We'll see. Another deep press of the weekend, the South Carolina defense. I know this one was a shootout, but South Carolina's defense gave up almost 500 yards to Florida. Just not great. Gators went three for four on fourth down in the game, including the go-ahead touchdown as they lost 41-39. And South Carolina, they've lost two straight, three of their last four. During their bye week, you know, after getting blown out by Tennessee, you thought maybe they would come out with a better defensive approach. It didn't look that way. Uh, Graham Mertz just did whatever the heck he wanted, and... Now South Carolina starts a two-game road trip at Mizzou on Saturday before they head to A&M, and they still have to play Kentucky and Clemson. At 2-4, and four, can the Gamecocks find four more wins on their schedule to get to a bowl game? That is going to be very difficult. And then lastly, I've got uh, Vanderbilt, uh, their defense in here. I hate to keep vic- picking on Vandy's defense. They were playing the number one team in the country this past week, but 552 yards of offense given up to Georgia, 37 points. Uh, C.J. Taylor did pick off Carson Beck, so there was a positive. But Vandy loses their sixth straight game after starting the year 2-0. That's six straight games. The Doors have given up 36 points or more. You're not going to win many games doing that. Give the Vandy offense a little credit. They did score 20 points on Georgia. That's more than Kentucky or South Carolina scored on the Dogs. But Vandy goes into their bye week this week. Then they have to go to Ole Miss, host Auburn, then finish at South Carolina and at Tennessee. Three of their last four games on the road. Auburn and South Carolina would likely be their only chances at a win remaining on their schedule. So, tough go there for Vandy. We thought the arrow was pointing upward, but still a lot of work to do there for Clark Lee and company. All right, coming up next, we'll hit on the polls very quickly here in just a second right here on Locked on SEC. Our first one to remind you this episode presented to you by our friends over at uh, the Athletic Brewing Company. Now it is time for your Game Changer of the Week and it is presented by the Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Jaden Daniels at LSU did against Auburn, did whatever the heck he wanted. Um, Athletic Brewing Company, they are changing the game just like Jaden Daniels changes the game. But Athletic Brewing Company, they're changing the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Uh, Full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning, and they beat up full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anywhere, guys. If you're watching a big game, if you're at your kid's game, if you're tackling a workout or uh, you know working at, from home, whatever it is, you can enjoy uh, Athletic Brewing Company. No hangovers ever. And you can find Athletic in-store, online, or at bars across the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so go get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or go buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON. Get 15% off your first online order. That is code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. At checkout, get 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, final segment here on Locked On SEC. we got a few more things to uh, jump into here, and uh, let's dive right into it. The uh, AP poll has come out, uh, came out yesterday, and uh, Georgia Bulldogs hanging tough at number one overall still at 7-0 in the country. Once again, not another SEC team in the top 10. Alabama stood pat at number 11, though you could have argued maybe dropping them a spot with that underwhelming performance against Arkansas at home. Uh, Ole Miss, they stood pat as well at number 13. They will go to Auburn this week. Tennessee moved up just two spots after their win over A&M, so Tennessee at number 17. LSU dominated Auburn to move to 5-2. They moved up three spots to number 19 in the top 20. Mizzou, they had dropped out of the top 25 after losing to LSU last week, but this week beat a top 25 Kentucky team. They move back in. Uh, Mizzou ranked number 20th. So six SEC teams ranked in the AP top 25 in the others receiving votes category. Florida was third on that list. And uh, Kentucky, they fell out of the top 25 with their loss to Mizzou. The coaches poll, very similar. Georgia won. They had Alabama tied at eighth with Texas, which I thought was odd. I mean, they do a point system. I get it. But, like, Texas beat Alabama head-to-head. So couldn't we kind of say Texas is eighth, Bama is ninth? But I get it. They were tied with the same amount of points. Uh, Ole Miss was up a spot at 12. Tennessee was up two spots at 15. LSU was also 19. The coaches, Mizzou was also 20th. So not a whole lot of difference there in the coaches poll. But uh, quick thought on Alabama. They've not been in this position, the AP Top 25 poll, since Nick Saban's first year in Tuscaloosa in 07. Alabama held steady at number 11 in the AP poll. And that extended its streak of being outside of the top 10 to five weeks in a row. Unfamiliar territory uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. They dropped out for the first time since 2015 when they lost uh, to, or they beat South Florida. That was a week after they lost to Texas. And the Tide, they have not spent this much of a season outside of the top 10 since 2007 when Bama went 7-6 in Saban's first year there. This week, the Tide... Welcome Tennessee to Tuscaloosa, and then they will get a week off before they host LSU. Two monstrous games for Alabama, and we're going to find out if this team is the real deal. But Alabama has not been out of the top 15 since November of 2010 when the Tide lost to Auburn in their regular season finale that year. So we'll see what Alabama is able to do here in these next couple of weeks. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back tomorrow on the show. We'll get you caught up on what all the coaches had to say at the podium uh, on Monday and all the latest news and notes going on around the conference. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... 
everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.